You're listening to The Vine Podcast, episode 80. Planning your content can be a truly daunting task. There are many steps that you should take when you're planning your content, whether it's a full month or a full quarter of content ideas. In this episode, I'm resharing my top tips for making content planning easier. This is a great rhythm to add to your routine and really to make this a part of your blogging process to plan ahead for the next month or quarter of content. We are midway through the year, so if you haven't started planning your holiday content or content ideas for next quarter, listen in to these tips. Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for the Vine Podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Welcome back, friends, to another episode. This is going to be another episode that I am resharing from the past, and it is really one that is designed to help you really think through your content planning process and to make it a regular part of your routine to come up with content ideas and really plan out your schedule for how you are going to create this content. If you're new to the podcast, I'm so glad that you are taking time to listen to this episode. My name is Madison Wetherill and I am a web designer for food bloggers. I primarily work with clients through a handful of ways. One is our designer for a day package where we have a six hour priority implementation time on your website to really fix up the band-aids, really give you a cohesive look through your homepage and your recipe card, and really to take your existing branding and your existing theme, but really elevate those to give it an out of box type of experience. We also work with our clients through our branding process and our custom website design package. And these are really the primary ways that we've been serving clients. And this has really helped us to tighten up our processes and really come up with what our clients need from us and be able to really deliver on that. And so I'm so proud of the changes that we have made over the last year to really be able to scale and be able to serve more clients. So I always encourage you if you are thinking about redesigning your website or working on your branding that you reach out sooner rather than later. Our schedule typically does fill up and that is something that we are doing our best to be able to continually increase capacity without sacrificing the quality of the websites that we are delivering. And I am truly just so proud of the websites that we have been launching over the last few months. The last thing that I wanted to mention is that in a few weeks, I am doing a different style of episode where I am calling it the ask me anything style of episode where I'm going to be taking questions that listeners have submitted over at thevinepodcast.com and I'm going to be answering those kind of on the fly in this episode. And I'm really excited to dive into some different topics and really be able to just kind of give some insight into different things that I might not cover over a full episode, but I can really dive into for just a few minutes of time. So if you have any burning questions, about growing your food blog or getting to know your audience or building a business, any of those types of things, I would love for you to go over to thevinepodcast.com and to submit those there on that form. Or you can also reach out to me over on Instagram and I will collect all of those questions over there as well. All right, so now we're going to dive into this replay from an old episode, but if it has not been something that you've listened to within the last week, then I promise it's worth a re-listen and you will definitely learn some really good tips for easier content planning and really how to make this a routine in your business. 
So let's dive into this topic of how to do content planning and specifically I want to share this episode as a way of helping you make content planning easier. And really this comes down to when you are planning your content, you really have to figure out the system that works for you. And so I'm going to be sharing a little bit about how I like to plan my content in this episode and hopefully some of these tips will resonate with you and you'll be able to use them. But I want you to remember that you can take this and tweak it and figure out something that works really well for you and your system and the way that you like to plan and also the way that you are time blocking and how you are spending time working on your blog because you may be working on your blog full time or you may be working a full time job or anywhere in between that. And so I just want to mention that, you know, this episode is really my approach to content planning, but it is not the only approach to content planning and it really needs to come from you and what works best for you. So let's dive into the first tip, which is to first start with how often you want to publish content. Now, I know for some people, ideas are maybe the problem. Maybe you struggle with coming up with how many content ideas you need. But if you are anything like me, then the ideas are plentiful and you are not ever going to run out of the amount of ideas that you have for the content that you want to produce. So you really first have to start with how often do you want to publish content? Because that is going to tell you how many solid ideas you need to come up with. And again, you may have five or six times that amount of ideas, but at least you know this is what I have to whittle it down to and have X amount of ideas for every month while I am planning my content calendar. And so I like to really work backwards and do a little bit of reverse engineering when I am planning my content. And so by that, I mean that I really look at how much content I want to produce. And that is really the first thing that I take a look at. So once you have figured out how many blog posts you're going to produce, whether that's within a month or a week or even a quarter, then you can go on to tip number two, which is to review or create a list of content ideas. So there are a couple of different methods for creating this list. But I would say that if you don't already have a running list where you keep ideas that come to you, whether that's a notepad or the notes app on your phone, I would highly recommend having something that you can jot down ideas. What I have found is that my best ideas often come when I am not actually at a place where I can jump onto my computer and type it. Usually it's going to be when I am doing something completely different and I have a spark of inspiration. And so having something that you can easily pull out like your phone and write it down is really helpful and you'll be able to come back to that list when you are ready to sit down and plan out your content. And this is just going to make the entire content planning process easier in the future once you have this because you'll already have a starting place and you'll be able to look at the ideas and see which ones are sparking the most inspiration for you rather than starting from scratch and feeling a little bit overwhelmed that you don't have those ideas to pull from. And so if you don't have any ideas yet, you may need to start with that first and then come back at another time when you can really go through and pick the ideas. This process that I'm sharing is not really meant to be done in one sitting. It can be spread out unless you have like a big block of time, like you're working on your CEO time for the week or the month and... So yeah, you might have to break this into multiple parts and that is totally okay. It's going to help it be a lot more manageable if you take it in bite-sized chunks. So to start coming up with that list of ideas or to fill in the list of ideas that you already have a little bit more, you're going to first start by reviewing your popular posts. You can do this from a few different ways, starting with your most popular content from organic search. And then you can repeat the same process for your most popular content that's coming from Pinterest or another social media platform that you're really active on. But really you wanna just have a broad overview of what your popular content is, regardless of where the traffic is coming from. That's a great place to start if you just need ideas to get the wheels turning. 
And so I like to look at the most popular posts from the previous quarter. So if I'm planning for quarter one, I'm gonna look at quarter one of last year because I want to see which posts were seasonal versus which posts I know are just my most popular posts all the time. Once you have your list of popular posts, whether it is from a specific time frame or just overall for the year, you can take some time to really look over what these posts have in common. And specifically, you want to really think about why people may have liked this content during this specific time. Now, this is a lot more obvious during seasons like the holidays or Thanksgiving, but even during quarter one, quarter two, and quarter three, there are still going to be some common trends that you might see through your blog posts that can help you with expanding on that popular content. So from there, you can break your ideas into two different categories to expand on them. The first is content that is similar to what has already performed well on your site during that time. So if, for example, I have a blueberry muffin recipe that does really well in January, maybe I'll look at producing another type of muffin recipe that I think might do just as well. The second way that you're going to break apart your content is by thinking about ideas that are complementary to the post that already did well. So with the blueberry muffin example, maybe I decide to write a blog post about how to freeze muffins to complement that post and I will make sure to link between the two posts as well. That also will add extra value to the original blog post because I can link for that helpful tip of how to freeze those muffins. So from each of your popular blog posts, you should be able to come up with two or three other ideas that are either similar or complementary to that original blog post that you know already did well with your audience. So now you should have anywhere between 20 and 30 ideas that you can pull from when you actually start to decide on what topic you're going to write about next. The third type of ideas that you can add to your brainstorming list is ideas that you are really excited about or are particularly seasonal, but maybe you've never talked about those particular types of recipes before, or they might be posts that didn't do well in the past. And the last set of ideas that you want to have in front of you is the list of posts that you would like to redo or republish. This is a really important one to remember because depending on the quality of the post and how much needs to be edited, you might be 80 to 90% of the way done. And all that needs to be done is taking new photos or reformatting a recipe card before you can republish it. So this is a really easy way to get a blog post published without needing to do as much work as you would for a completely new blog post where nothing is done. And I will link to a podcast episode that Liz Falsigno did with Megan Porta from Eat Blog Talk because Liz is truly an expert when it comes to repurposing content. And she has done a couple of podcast interviews and she's also been in both of the summits that I have done talking about repurposing content. So she's definitely an expert and I think you will definitely enjoy listening to her interview about how effective this can be with your strategy. The third tip for making content planning easier is to do keyword research on your blog post ideas. Now, sometimes you might have ideas that really are not going to end up resulting in a lot of traffic from Google simply because they are ideas that nobody is searching for. You can also look at Pinterest to see if this is a blog post that is already published or would do well on Pinterest. But when you have potentially 40 to 50 ideas of blog posts that you could write, you want to make sure that these ideas are going to be valuable and drive traffic to your website. Now, you don't need to do keyword research on all 50 ideas that you have right away, but pick the ones that you are most excited about or the ones that you feel would be the easiest to produce right now and start with those to see if you can find a viable keyword for that blog post topic. 
Now, if you're not doing any sort of keyword research, then I would definitely recommend getting started by figuring out which keyword research program you like. And there's a ton of them, but the one that I personally use is KeySearch. And I know a lot of people love SEMrush or AREFs, I think is how you say it. But whichever program you're going to use, just pick one and you know, do the free trial if you need to, to figure out if you like it. But any of these programs are going to be able to show you data on specific keyword terms. And this is going to, again, help you to figure out whether a blog post is worth your time to do, or if it's something that just will never drive a lot of traffic, then maybe you can find another topic that would be better to spend your time on. And now that we've done all of this brainstorming, all of this research, we can start working on creating that content calendar. This is another place where I like to reverse engineer things because you want to make sure that when you are setting these deadlines on your calendar and picking the order of your blog post that it makes sense for the amount of work that is needed for a particular blog post. So for example, if you need a blog post to be published next week, you probably aren't going to pick something where you haven't developed the recipe, you haven't taken photos, you haven't tested the recipe, you're probably going to pick something that is maybe a republish or something that is a really easy post for you to write without needing to do kind of all the steps that you normally would need to do. So as you start to think about what you're going to put on your content calendar, I want you to think back to the very beginning of the episode when we talked about how many blog posts that you said you wanted to publish in a week or a month. And I really like to plan this out on something like Google Calendar because it's really easy to move things around and you can start by just putting down the four or eight ideas that you want to publish over the month and then you can rearrange them based on what makes the most sense. You can also do this on a sheet of paper with mini sticky notes if you want something that is a little bit more hands-on but just something where you are not feeling like you're writing something down and setting it in stone. You can really be flexible with moving things around for what makes the most sense. So here are a few tips for organizing your content calendar in a way that is going to make publishing more content easier for you in the long term. You wanna look for ways that you can group blog posts together based on the ingredients. So for example, if you have a blog post that requires a separate sauce, maybe it's a salad with a dressing, you can break those into two blog posts so that you can be working on two blog posts at once. Now you only wanna do this if you know that both keywords are really viable and going to be helpful for you and that you can write a good and well thought out post for both recipes. You don't wanna just break apart the post for the sake of breaking them apart, especially if one of them really has no keyword value or is just not going to be a very well done post, then it would be better to keep them together. But in the event that you can separate them, that is a great way to produce more content without necessarily having double the amount of work. You can also look at the specific ingredients that you're using for a recipe and see if you can combine efforts there. So for example, if you have two different recipes that need shredded chicken, maybe you spend time cooking double the amount of chicken so that you can make both of those recipes at the same time. And it doesn't particularly matter how close together these recipes are on your content calendar. You can be doing photos or recipe testing for things that are not the next up post if it makes it easier for you to batch things together. And the last tip for just making this easier is really thinking through how you can batch things together. Maybe it's not just the ingredients or the order of the post, but really think about how can you break up the process, the you know seven to ten step process for creating a recipe and getting a blog post live, how can you break apart that process to where you can do more than one post at a time? So when you're doing keyword research, do keyword research for multiple posts. 
when you're developing recipes. See if you can develop multiple recipes at a time or in the same day. When you're shooting photos, if you can shoot more than one recipe at a time, you're going to find it's just so much more productive because you're already in that brain space. Same thing goes for outlining your blog posts and even writing them. Kind of depends on what process works the best for you here, but I find that there are just so many ways that you can batch things together. And really this comes down to being ahead because when you are behind on getting something done and you need to get it done right away, it's really hard to be effective in how you are getting it done. So the more that you can batch things together and work on parts of the process at the same time, the more you're gonna find that you can make more progress and see more momentum of getting things done off your content calendar. I hope this episode has really helped you to see how you can be more efficient in your content planning and potentially some new ideas. Again, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, everybody is going to have a different process for this and that is totally okay. This is the process that has worked for me for creating this podcast and even before when I was publishing more blog posts on my blog, it really helps to break it down in this way and I think having that idea list is going to be so helpful for you because once you come up with those 50 ideas, it's likely that you're going to be able to use that same list, maybe add a couple of seasonal posts or something like that, but you'll be able to use that list as a starting place every time you go to plan your content for the month or for the quarter. And I generally don't recommend planning out more than a quarter ahead. The only exception for this would be if you like to have series or specific topics that you cover in maybe a month or two worth of posts, then it can be helpful to know the direction you're going for just the overall year. But in terms of really adding something to your calendar and having a plan for creating that specific blog post, I wouldn't do this for longer than a quarter at a time because things change so quickly and inspiration also changes. I usually find that if I schedule things out longer than that, I will end up being uninspired and kind of demotivated to get it done because it's just been on my list for so long, even if I was planning for just a couple of months ahead. As always, I would love to know your takeaways from this episode. If you would share this episode on Instagram and take a screenshot and share it and tag me at Grayson Vine, I would love to hear what you learned and what you're planning on implementing from this episode. I definitely don't expect everybody to follow this exact strategy, but If even one part of this really helped you to have a better idea of how to plan your content, then I would love to hear that. And if you have any follow-up questions or topics that you want me to cover on this idea specifically, then I would love to have your feedback on that as well. Again, you can find me over on Instagram at Grace and Vine, and you can also always go to thevinepodcast.com, and we have a form on that page that you can fill out to submit your requests for topics that we are going to cover in the future. Again, I usually have my topic ideas covered for about the next quarter, but I am usually very flexible in what I feel inspired to talk about, and it really just depends on how the industry is. And when big things happen in the industry, I definitely want to cover those and just provide a different perspective on those different topics. So that is all for this week. I hope that you guys go and plan your content calendar and just really make a plan for the next month, the next quarter, whatever it is. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.